Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is, you guessed it, Anna, and this is episode six, March to the Sea, one of my favorites. Make sure you have listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track six off 21 Pilots. I feel like I'm talking like a sports commentator today. Anyways, I'm in a mood. It's been a week. How are you? I listened back to the last episode because, as you know, it's been a long time again, and... The weird part was we were talking about friend please and I was saying how I'd never dealt with any depression before. I have not recorded in over a month because life has been not super kind to me and I've had a wonderful counselor who I am so grateful for but the weirdest part of all of this is that I have learned that I acquired a bit of depression over quarantine and you know honestly I want to be real with you guys I am someone who has always been outspoken about mental health and has been so supportive of therapy and just breaking the stigma around it and obviously that's why we all love 21 Pilots and Yeah, but honestly, when I first heard that I'd acquired some depression, I was disappointed. I even stigmatized it myself and was like, you know, I feel like I'm in denial because I'm an optimistic person. I never thought I would have depression. I thought I was too quote-unquote optimistic to have depression and... Friends, that is such a lie. Um, Depression is not based on your faith. It is not based on your relationship with Jesus Christ or lack thereof. And it is not based on whether you are optimistic or not. And yeah, it's sad, but in the face of depression, we really truly believe a lot of lies. And yeah, I just wanted to be honest and speak that to you guys. It's been weird. It's been weird to wrap my mind around. It hasn't been like, I don't know, I still don't know a ton about it for me personally, but it hasn't been like super, super severe depression. It's been more so mild and I think a lot of it did have to do with my work situation because I've been in the same job for over a year and it's very irrelevant to my interests. And when I initially talked to my counselor in depth about what all had been happening, she thought it was most likely due to my work environment and feeling quote-unquote non-essential for my interests in the midst of this pandemic. So I am actually doing better now, but yeah, it would be weird of me to not share that with you. My anxiety has been worse more so lately than my depression. But for those of you who are not familiar with depression, I just want to say, like, from my personal experience, it's super bizarre 
because there's all those weird, completely untrue stereotypes of, like, you're just sad all the time. But the weird, scary part about depression is it's not that. It's more so just you don't care about things, especially the things that you always care about, like something like podcasting I love. And I'm so glad I'm talking with you guys now. I missed it. But when you're in the midst of depression, you truly don't care about the things that you used to care about and or you're just simply don't have the energy and the motivation to do those things even though you know you have the head knowledge that you like those things but you don't feel like you like anything when you're suffering from depression and that to me was like the weirdest feeling of I remember specifically I had a really rough time late July it was a Friday and I'd just gotten out of work and I've always struggled with comparison in a lot of ways and I just remember thinking wow like normally when it's Friday I'm so excited and as a as an introvert I can truthfully say like I always love Fridays because I usually always dedicate them to myself and I'll either like read for five hours straight or I'll record a podcast or I'll watch a new show or just something by myself that I really love and so I always love Fridays because they're dedicated to myself generally and knowing that I had no motivation to do anything and it was a Friday just broke me because that's so not me and I knew that the apathy I was feeling was just completely not me. It was the mental illness, but in the moment when that's all you can genuinely feel, it's hard not to feel like that's your identity, I guess, because you can't just rationally pull your brain out of that apathetic place. It's just kind of stuck sitting there for a while. That's the weirdest part and the scariest part of, like, I have the head knowledge that I still enjoy things, but when am I actually going to feel positive and like I actually enjoy things again? And it's a bit scary because you're never really sure when you're going to start feeling that joy again. But on a positive note, it does happen. So if you are in the midst of a rough mental season, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, you still matter and we still need you here and it's not forever. And one of the biggest lies that I have believed and you have probably believed if you struggle with mental illness is that it's forever. And that lie just gets inside your brain and festers and there's like maggots and it's nasty and Satan just thrives on that but it is not forever and I just want to keep pouring that into you as truth that it is not forever and you might feel it like I did I had severe physical and emotional anxiety for like nine days straight recently but I finally started feeling more like myself the past two days and it felt like it was going to be forever because I was so stuck on it's been this many days but that's what 
the devil wants you to dwell on, but what you need to remember is, number one, you can still find little joys in those days. You can still say, hey, I got some sleep. Hey, I made some money, or I went to a class, or I just got through the day. The sun was out. Whatever you need to remind yourself that all is not hopeless. I feel like I rambled and then was going to say something else, but now I've forgotten. But just remember, it's not forever. And if you are a loved one of someone who struggles with mental illness and are not as familiar with it, the number one thing I would say to you is do some research on it. Whatever mental illness is that you are watching your loved ones go through the most, take some time, research it, ask them what you can do for them in the midst of it, ask them if they want to be left alone or if they kind of want you to be around a little more. I know for me, it definitely varies, but generally, even when I am in a lot of pain, I would rather be alone unless I have been dwelling in it for a few days, in which case I'll probably more likely want a distraction of some kind. But yeah, just go to your loved ones with an open mind and just ask them or even do little things for them like make them a meal give them water suggest that they go to bed early just those simple things go for a walk with them do go for a walk with them that's it doesn't even have to be a long walk but especially in the midst of depression people generally don't go outside not always but in my experience and other people I know, there's generally not enough enough nature around when you are in the midst of depression. So take your loved ones into nature, even for just a few minutes. It does make a difference in just having that fresh air and everything. And try out therapy. Try out medication if you need it. And if you feel like it's getting to an unbearable point, there's nothing wrong with some medication. And the thing I have been learning currently is how to be a friend to myself. So I would suggest you do this with me. And whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or anything else, or if you don't have any mental illnesses, I would just suggest that you take some time this week, ask yourself, brainstorm, maybe jot something down. How can I be a friend to myself this week? And do that. Maybe it's spend a couple minutes watching a show. Maybe it's waking up a little earlier. Maybe it's using a planner. Maybe it's baking yourself some cookies. Whatever it might be. Update, tangent aside, who is ready for March to the Sea? Because I love this song and such a beautiful metaphor. I hope you guys are ready to dig in. And I'm sorry if this episode ends up being like 12 hours because... I think I could meditate on this song for a long time. Or, you know, I'll jinx myself and it'll be like the shortest podcast, ironically. (laughs) So anyways, here we go. Tyler starts off right away singing and the musicality is kind of, I would call it a perilous monotone or like perilous monotony. Kind of feel like you're trudging along. I feel like the beat 
really highlights that these people are trudging, they're walking, there's kind of that consistent walking beat behind the music that really paints the picture for us as the lyrics start. So in verse one, he says, there's miles of land in front of us and we're dying with every step we take. We're dying with every breath we make and I'll fall in line. A stranger's back is all I see. He's only a few feet in front of me and I'll look left and right sometimes, but I'll fall in line. I really like how it starts off with there's miles of land in front of us. It kind of reminds me of the promised land. Truthfully, I don't spend nearly enough time just dwelling on those Old Testament stories, but I don't know. That was actually one of the first things that came to mind as I sat down to intricately listen to this song. And obviously that in and of itself is a powerful story, but also just that symbolism as well of the promised land that we all have in heaven as Christians. There are a few instances in the song where there's double meanings and it could either be a really hopeful meaning or it could be a really kind of sad meaning. So this is one of those things where it could be like there's miles of land in front of us. We have this inheritance. We are going to have this beauty that God has given us. Or it could be like there's miles of land in front of us in our life that we have to live. So be alert that it is a set amount. So I don't know. I, I feel like this song could easily go either of those ways and I kind of love it for that so then it says we're dying with every step we take and we know as in it sinners our design as humans is to be sinful because of the fall so in that sense we're dying with every step we take because the more we live the more our sinful tendencies and design come to fruition this could also be we're dying with every breath we make. I'm a little confused by my notes now, I'm not going to lie. But dying could also be the power of the gospel. Okay, I know what I was saying now. Sorry. Whew. It's late. It's been a week. Bear with me here. It's probably going to be a little more scatterbrained tonight. So yeah, it could also be we're dying with every breath we make and because the power of the gospel as people are falling into these sinful tendencies we also have the chance to bring them life through Christ yes <laughs> that was my point I believe <laughs> wow it's been a day and a time welcome to a trench then it goes on and says, and I'll fall in line. So clearly there is this pattern and this way of living that everyone falls into again. We know this to be sin. A stranger's back is all I see. We're just kind of following in the same rut, the same path that everyone is going through, whether we know them or not. It's inevitable that we are all on this sinful path because it is part of our DNA. He's only a few feet in front of me, and I'll look left and right sometimes, but I'll fall in line. 
So occasionally we will put ourselves outside of just the robotic movements of day to day. Occasionally we will stop and take some time to breathe. Occasionally we will give ourselves peace in a rushing world. Occasionally we will seek refuge in God. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we fall back in line, as he says, because we cannot separate ourselves from the sin and the dying for as long as we are on this earth, even though we have the Holy Spirit in us, even though we are born into a new creation, we are still in this in-between, so we have to fall in line because that is our human destiny. Verse 2. No one looks up anymore, because you might get a raindrop in your eye, and heaven forbid they see you cry as we fall in line. And about this time of every year, the line will go to the ocean pier and walk right off into the sea, and then we fall asleep. Again, he repeats this idea of people are just kind of stuck in this rut. By and large, no one's looking around. No one's trying to go against the grain. Because you might get a raindrop in your eye. And heaven forbid they see you cry as we fall in line. I am again (laughs) disconnected from my notes. (laughs) But I wrote design versus action. So, guys, help. I'm not usually this disorganized, but when it's a Thursday and you've been working eight hours every day for the first time in like a year, it gets to you. No one looks up anymore because you might get a raindrop in your eye. And something I think about is, okay, so if you're looking around, if you're trying to get out of this rut of things, you're going to get emotional. And I think I brought this up later in the song, but it's still relevant here. Becoming a Christian is beautiful. Knowing the gospel is life-changing and peace-giving and just everything we don't deserve. But it's also a very emotional process and it makes our entire lives more emotional when we get out of the rut of just being in the design of how we are a sinful being. Because the other part of putting your trust in Christ, the other part of being a Christian is knowing that not everyone is going to be, and that the wages of sin is death, no matter what. And whoever believes in him shall have eternal life, but there's also going to be people who don't believe in him or who reject him and they will not. It's also just the sadness of, the added sadness of every time you sin, knowing that there is that gap and that disconnect from God and that disconnect from the ideal of where you want to be or what you want to do, but you can't because of sin. And in that way, it's also a very emotional process to be in truth versus lies because lies are easy lies are more natural lies are what we gravitate towards to feel more comfortable but they're not life-giving you know and so 
So the verse finishes off saying, About this time of every year, the line will go to the ocean pier and walk right off into the sea, and then we fall asleep. And Tyler has this theme of falling asleep in his songs. And to me, that, that represents either being awake, which is in Christ, which is being conscious of truth versus lies, versus falling asleep is when we become apathetic and lazy and start to fall into the devil's lies and the devil's traps and our own selfish motives. So this sense of the sea as the end of this line could obviously be death in and of itself. Or something else I thought of was how it could be tied, I guess, in a way to death, to Satan and to lies, is, I don't know why, it made me think of mental illness. If you're walking into the, off the ocean pier and right into the sea where you fall asleep, you are coated in lies. And when you are in the midst of mental illness, basically you are coated in lies. And maybe this is weird, probably, I don't think I've ever properly talked to anyone about this, but I've always wondered if mental illnesses are forms of demons. Is that weird? I'm, I'm not saying it's true. I'm not, it's not fact or anything, but I've always just like, ooh, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies because it's just mental illnesses give you nothing but lies and they give you nothing but fear and hopelessness and obviously they are part of death to some capacity but I don't know does anyone else have any thoughts on that like I know the bible talks about demons and like I don't know if where people generally stand and if there are any now or anything like that but like what if mental illness was okay sorry that's <laughs> just a tangent probably super weird and creepy and I mean it is it's creepy but I mean honestly mental illnesses are creepy so yeah thoughts but quickly moving on because oof oof then there's a bit of a pause before verse three as the music changes and it goes from this trudging monotony to finding more of a rhythm in the monotony and in this new rhythm that's added in there's more beauty and there's more hope and it just feels more light and things aren't so dank and dark I guess um, it's kind of the the mental shift within the song and the shift within the metaphor where this trend of darkness and death is happening but now something else is going to happen in our protagonist in the song so verse three says and as we near the end of land and our ocean graves are just beyond the sand i ask myself the question why i fall in line and then out of the corner of my eye this is the best part i see a spaceship in the sky and hear a voice inside my head and here comes the simple chorus, follow me instead. Guys, is that not beautiful, first of all? Like, I love analyzing. We love thinking about this, but can we just stop and absorb the beauty that this is? Tyler Joseph. <laughs> 
What a guy. So, as we near the end of land and our ocean graves are just beyond the sand, what happens? What's the shift? We're not just in the midst of apathetic actions or robotic actions, but there's something else we innately have as humans. And I have a strong hunch that my translation is very similar, if not the same as what Tyler was intending, because I've heard him talk about this in interviews. The other very important thing we have as humans is a conscience. And in the midst of this drudgery routine, we ask why I fall in line. We know that something's not right with the routine. It's not just, oh, we have this routine and it stinks and we go into the ocean and we fall asleep. We die. But each one of us, no matter who you are or what your background is, has a conscience. We know when things seem right and when things seem wrong. And there is this interview Tyler did quite a few years ago. I don't remember when exactly, but it is one of my all-time favorite interviews with him. It's sad. Josh isn't there. So, yeah. But he talks about how he basically sums up that we have a conscience and it basically means that God is real. So we know that we shouldn't do things is basically what he's saying. So why can't we just not do those things ever? We know that we don't want to hurt the people we love. So why can't we just not do that? And it's because we need God. Like, he said something like, you know, I want to be the best dad, but I'm not going to be, and there's something wrong with that. That means that we're messed up. Anyway, it's a great interview. I will post it in the Facebook group after this, so if you haven't seen it, you have to listen to it. It's so good and very philosophical, so highly recommend. Back to the verse, he then, with his conscience sees something now that he's thinking about it he's like actually there's something something else there's a spaceship and there's another voice i don't think anyone in this line is actually even talking suddenly he also hears a voice that says follow me instead and just this hope that it's not just this horrible monotony there is more meaning. There is more to our lives than just get through this day, do the motions, do the thing you gotta do because you gotta do the other thing, <laughs> technically speaking. But we are called to more than that. We are called to find joy and find emotion and realize that we are more than today. We are more than the motions. We are more than our bad days and our mental illnesses. We are more than all of it. And there's stuff that's outside of ourselves. And that means that life is bigger than just our one individual life. And there's so much freedom and joy in that. That, oh my gosh, it's not just about me. And actually, it's about someone else. How relieving that is to know that it's not just, okay, I have to get to the goal that is the pier so I can go into the sea so I can fall asleep, but 
I have this choice to do something else and it's actually more satisfying and it's more emotional but it's more life-giving and it gets me outside of myself and God in the chorus is just like follow me instead <laughs> so that's the chorus do it follow him you won't regret it <laughs> that's my little pitch to be a Christian do it you won't regret it oh gosh <laughs> am I too silly tonight I don't know it's debatable verse four okay maybe I am I feel like I am actually going through this a lot quicker than I thought I was but I'm also disjointed so part of it has been awkward and I'm making it more awkward by saying it's awkward so verse four then the wages of war will start inside my head with my counterpart and the emotionless marchers will chant the phrase this line's the only way and then i start down the sand my eyes are focused on the end of land but again the voice inside my head says follow me instead we once we see once the conscience comes into the picture something else starts the wages of war and that means spiritual warfare okay now we have accepted christ we know it's more than just about our own actions yay exciting but guess what satan's not happy so he's gonna try to pull you back to death every day now too it's a little too too much too exciting whatever you want to call it i'm doing a lot of hand gestures right now but you can't see me kind of sad you just don't have the full picture <laughs> so that's the other emotional piece of of being a christian accepting christ as our savior is we are taking a stand we are choosing a side and make no mistake we are choosing the winning side praise jesus but because of that we have something actively fighting against us and sometimes it's going to wound us. Sometimes it might take us captive for a little while. And these are the wages of the war that we are in. Sometimes it means death. So much death happening in our world right now. You know, injustice. These things are horrifying. And it's sad to me to think that we can just numb ourselves to these things because they've happened so often that that is also just a lie and that's not the heart of christ and my prayer for us is to continue to push ourselves to view all of this as emotionally as god does every life matters and we cannot afford to be numb to the tragedies that are happening with police brutality, with COVID-19. And I think sometimes what the enemy does is he tries to, he tries to just numb us and make us think, oh, well, it's horrible, but I mean, it happens every day. And first of all, to a lot of degrees that's privilege and it's it's hard not to think and talk about these things all the time i mean these are god's people and if they're not they're certainly made in his image and 
God's heart breaks for the lost. God's heart breaks for the outcasts and the marginalized. And we as a church do a lot of good things. And I also think sometimes we don't take a lot of things as seriously as we should. I don't really know how I got to this really serious tangent, but this is this is our lives right now and it's important to talk about and address and not just sweep under the rug because these are our brothers and sisters and they're grieving, they're hurting from tragedies, from a disease, and we are called to be fearless in the name of love and to stand up for one another and protect one another and more than anything else, especially knowing Tony and Pilots, we have a duty to make every single person know that they matter and that the world would not be the same without them in it. And in light of that, I know that God's heart is is broken and continues to break for all of these losses and we there are so many things we could be doing and I know honestly for me I definitely haven't been doing as much as I could be doing and I feel really convicted of that and I just think it's a good time to really sit and reflect and talk with God and remember why we are living why we are going towards this finish line if we want to bring it back to Marsh to the sea we can't just go through the motions but we have to remember why we're doing it and what the grace is what the gospel is that we are so ecstatic about and bring that peace and that value to every other human we come into contact with and to not just say oh whatever shrug shrug evil off but to actively combat it and to actively pick a side not politically nothing like that but we are in a spiritual fight and as such we need to treat sin with the weight that it that it has because God does and so we are called to treat it with gravity as well back to verse 4 sorry this has turned into lots of tangents but The emotionless marchers will chant the phrase, this line's the only way. And again, bringing bringing it back to emotion and how, as a Christian, you have these layers of other emotions on top of your daily living that the other, quote-unquote, emotionless marchers may not have because they are choosing to just live within their human instincts that are sinful and easy, but certainly not what we are called to. And then I start down the sand, my eyes are focused on the end of land, but again the voice inside my head says, follow me instead. And again we see this fight of like, this is hard so I'm just going to focus on myself. This, This is hard so I'm just going to go through the motions. Raise your hand if you've been there because I have, like, probably, like, even today, probably every day to some extent. But again, God says, follow me instead, reminds us that we are called to so much more than just going through the emotions. And especially in our lowest times, it's so easy to just recede more and more inward. And and that's a whole other level of 
frustration and numbness when, when you have mental illness. But to try to actively combat that with, with scripture and for me, whenever I'm in terrible times, my brain's telling me all kinds of lies and I don't even necessarily believe God's truce in those moments. The one thing that does help me generally is to stop focusing on how I can't feel the certain things or whatever it is and take some time, even if it's just five minutes of prayer, even if it is calling someone, whatever it is, taking a little bit of time to just completely focus everything on another person is a great way to combat the recession into ourselves that we can very quickly and unknowingly slide into in our daily routine. And verse 5 takes us home, says, take me up, seal the door, Lord, just, I'm ready, <laughs> don't want to march here anymore, don't want to be here in this, in this heartbreaking waiting room where everything is crunchy and burning and bleeding and I realize that this line is dead so I'll follow you instead and I like this part so then you put me back in my place so I might start another day and once again I will be in a march to the sea and it ends with this idea that yes we chose him and we're gonna work to combat the habits and sins that we have but at the end of every day, the start of every day, God is commanding our steps. I can choose to follow you, but other than that, you can't take credit for anything. God will put you back in your place for the start of your next day, and he will remind you to follow him throughout the day, and he'll help you get to the place where you decide to follow him, and then he'll put you back in place for the next day etc etc and we as beautiful as this metaphor is at the end of the day we can't take credit for anything and it's very humbling humbling reminder i just absolutely love this song and i feel like even just going through it now i only touched like the tip of the iceberg our faith especially if you've been a christian for a while it can be monotonous sometimes it can feel a little robotic and I hope that for you as you go throughout your day, your week, your month, your year, and your life, that you would, in the name of God and in the name of Tony on Pilots, just keep remembering to always choose your side and actively fight against the march that we've been placed in where everything is a bit bleak but there's more to it than just the march so that being said i want to hear from you you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 pilot story or your favorite memory you have related to the band also, it has been a really wonky time for everyone, so I would also like to invite you, if you ever have any prayer requests, please feel free to drop them into my inbox. 
I will gladly follow up with you and make sure you know you're not alone and that you matter and that we are in a fight and we're going to be on the winning side. So share your prayer requests, share your Tone and Pilot story or your favorite memory, and I will be sure to start reading those at the end of each episode as soon as they start coming into the inbox. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis, especially this one, because there is a lot there and I am one little person, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. I look forward to hearing from you. So tune in next week, potentially, or the week after, depending, because it's probably not going to be just me for... Johnny Boy. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone. Testing, because I'm always terrified every time. I haven't recorded in a really long time. <laughs> Last time when I was on here, there were a lot of... Um, and so I want to make sure that the pee thing doesn't happen again because you keep your pee in the bathroom.